Can I tell you about three simple facts about faith today? Is that all right? I, I heard a story, a couple stories I want to share with you. Um, one, there was two nuns that were driving the countryside when they ran out of gas. They walked up to a nearby farmhouse for help, and the farmer that was there was so kind, he said, you can siphon some gas out of the tractor. However, they could not find anything in which to carry the gas until the farmer produced a battered old chamber pot. Anybody here know what a chamber pot is? For those of you that don't know what a chamber pot is, it's a bedpan. If you don't know what a bedpan is, it's a portable porter potty for your bed. So he produced this old chamber pot. And he said, uh, he goes, you can use this the best that you want. So the nuns siphoned some gas out of the tractor into the pot and they walked back to the car and they began pouring it into the tank of the car. And a passerby motorist said, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. I don't agree with your religion, ladies, but I admire your faith. <laughs> you see, there's a lot of ideas about faith and how it works in one's life. There is an endless supply of little sayings and material on the subject. Some give us hope and others cause us to stumble and reconsider what we thought we knew about faith. On one side you have someone that defines faith simply as that which enables you to believe that the refrigerator light goes out when you close the door. I remember when, when I was a kid, I, I wanted to know if this was a true thing. So I, I, we, I, I didn't know where the little button was, you know, that you would push the button to, to let the light go out. But we had this old camcorder, and so I put it in the fridge one day, and I tried to video. And sure enough, that light goes out when you close the door to the fridge. And then I found the button, and I thought, man, this is just so cool. Until the light went out. And then I had pretty much good faith that I was going to get a whooping. So you have that kind of faith. Or on the other side, you may have the, the following kind of faith. Where a young daughter said, Mommy, do all fairy tales begin with once upon a time? And the mother answered very matter-of-factly. She said, No, darling, some begin like this. When I became a Christian, all my problems were over. That's a fairy tale. If you became a Christian and somebody said, all your problems are going to go away, I'm sorry they lied to you. There was a man recently having a cup of coffee after a church service, and the people around him were discussing the sermon on miracles, and someone said, hey there, sir, do you believe that, that Jesus actually turned water into wine? He said, oh, I'm only a beginner in the faith. I can't speak about him turning the water into wine, but in a few weeks that I've known Christ, he's managed to turn my beer into furniture and my bedding slips into groceries. This was on Facebook a few weeks ago, somebody or a few days ago. They said, what's pastor's favorite saying? And somebody put, you'll get that later when you're going home. Some of y'all get that later when you go home. I'm not sure what your idea of faith is on a personal level. But here's just a few simple things that I've learned about faith. Number one, Jesus will always come. Jesus will always come. The first simple fact that I have learned about faith in my short life is that you have a need. Jesus will come to you. The Bible says in John chapter 5, After this there was the feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And at Jerusalem by the sheep market there was a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda 
there was five porches. And in these they laid a great multitude of impotent folks, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. An angel would come down at a certain season into the pool and would trouble the water. And whosoever then first jumped into the troubling water was made whole of whatsoever disease that they had. There was a certain man there which had, infirmi- had an infirmity 38 years. Anybody in here been struggling with something for 38 years? When Jesus saw him laying there and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? So for plain English and the Austin Hopper translation, it says, Do you want to be made whole? He asked him that. He said, do you want to be made whole? And the man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. When I am coming, someone steps in before me. You ever been to the grocery store and you were going up to the 20 items or less checkout lane and you only had like four or five items and some bozo comes in front of you with 92 or 22 items? And you thought, are you kidding me? Hey, bub, you just about lost your Holy Ghost. You ever been there? I can only imagine that this is how this man felt. Every time that water moved and he got ready to get in the pool, somebody else got in first and got their blessing. Somebody else. It's like when you're standing at at, at McDonald's or Burger King or Taco Bell or wherever and you go in and you order your food. Somebody comes in behind you and they order their food and they get their food first. You were there first but they ordered their food after you and they got their food first. But I've learned sometime, I'm going to get ahead of myself in this message. I've learned sometime that the reason you got to wait longer for your food is because your food is being cooked to order. There's times in your life when your blessing, you've been waiting for a long time and somebody else comes in and they get their blessing a little bit quicker than you and you've been waiting and you say, hey, why, God, I've been praying for more years for my kid to come back to church. Why is theirs coming back now? I've been praying for a lot longer to get pregnant before she did. Why is she getting? I've been praying for a new job before them. I've been doing this. I've been doing this because God is saying, listen, it's not your time yet. I've got a blessing for you. I'm just making it to order, okay? You got to just hold on, baby, because it's coming fresh for you you don't want this stuff that's been sitting here I gotta get back y'all tell I'm a little hungry this morning I didn't get a donut before church but the man was trying to get into the pool and he couldn't get into the pool and so Jesus said unto him he said hey do you want to be made whole and Jesus said unto him he said rise up and take thy bed and walk And immediately the man was made whole. He took up his bed and he walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now in our text here we read of a great number of disabled people. Who were laying around the pool of Bethesda. And they were attracted by a faint hope of being healed. When the water would get stirred. If they got in they would be healed. It's kind of like you call into that radio. We're looking for the third caller with this you know. And you're call. am I the first caller? Am I the second caller? Am I the third caller? They had to be first into the pool. But nobody ever helped the man. He had been there for 38 years. He'd been lame. And he had been laying at this pool trying to get in. But nobody would help him. And everybody was in front of him. He had no hope of ever being healed. And no desire to help himself. 
The man had no desire to help himself. He was paralyzed inside of healing. His situation looked hopeless until the day that Jesus made his way into the crowd. And among all those trying to be healed, Jesus found this man who couldn't help himself. No matter how trapped you may feel in your infirmity, your desperation, whatever it may be, God will minister to you in your deepest need. One simple fact that I know about God is He is always going to come to you. Don't let a problem, don't let a hardship cause you to lose hope in Jesus Christ. God may have a special work for you to do in spite of your condition or even because of your condition. Many have ministered more effectively to hurting people because they have triumphed over their own hurts. Now to be sure, your response to Jesus when he arrives will determine the outcome of your situation. But he will come. Jesus will always come when you need him. The second fact that I know about Jesus is that he will meet your need. There is no certain time that is specified for him to meet your need. There is no essence, to, to, time is of no essence to Christ. He will meet your need when it is time. When Jesus saw the man laying there, he knew that this man had been in this condition for a while. And the only thing that Jesus was concerned with was, do you want to be made whole? Jesus knows where your condition is. He knows exactly where you're at this morning. He knows how much money's in your bank account. He knows how much gas is left in your car. He knows how much your bills are due. He knows how much cancer's in your body. He knows how, how, how those diabetes are affecting your body. He knows about your job. He knows about your marriage. He knows about your kids. You name it, he knows about it. He does. He really does. And sometimes we begin to think that God has forgotten all about us. That when we pray, our prayers don't even reach the ceiling of the room. Have you ever felt like that? My friend Tim Spell wrote a song that when God unfolds the rose, and the very first line of the song is, there's been times when I thought my prayers didn't even reach the ceiling of the room where I knelt to pray. One of the most powerful lines because I think we've all been there before. Sometimes that ceiling can be pretty high like you're in a sanctuary or it can be in your car and be a little low or it, it, it could be in your home and just be an average size or you could be outside and you don't feel like it's even reaching to the heavens. You ever had your cell phone inside of a building and you had no service but the moment you walk outside and you get full bars of service and so you think sometimes maybe God isn't hearing me right. Maybe I need another place to pray and he's just, God is hearing you. And he'll answer in his time when we are ready. We may think that we're ready, but, but we don't always know that we're ready. Jesus knows what you've been going through and how long you've been in your condition. He knows what it will take to bring a complete healing into your life. The question that I have for you today is, do you want to be made whole? You need to understand that the amount of time that you've been in your present condition will not limit his ability to heal or fix your situation. 
It may be that you've been struggling with your problem for 38 years, but that does not limit God's ability to change your situation. He can meet your need right here, right now, right in this place, at an altar, in your seat, on your way home, when you're at home. It doesn't matter where you're at. Sometimes we don't think about the blessings that God does for us because we expect when God blesses us to bless us big time. But I want to tell you, even somebody paying for your coffee at McDonald's in the morning is a blessing. Somebody, and you may say, well, I don't even know how to bless somebody. Go through a drive-thru and take care of the person's order behind you. And don't ask how much it is before you pay for it. I remember I was with somebody one time and we were doing that. And and the lady at the window goes, the lady in front of you just paid for you. Do you want to pay it forward and pay for the one behind us? And I said, yes, we'll do it. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. How much is it? And I said, don't you rob me of a blessing. We're going to pay for it. It was only like four bucks. I felt bad for the lady in front of us because our meal was like 40 bucks. But that was a blessing. So I can be a blessing for somebody else. I probably should have paid for two or three more orders behind them to try to even it up. But you know what? God blessed me with that. I walked away with 36 bucks that day that I wouldn't have had. See, God does things, miracles on miracles. And there was another song that, that's written, miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. God does miracles every day in our lives. Did you wake up this morning? That's a miracle. Were you able to walk on two feet and two legs? That's a miracle. And maybe you didn't. Maybe you had to roll in here in a wheelchair. Hey, were you able to roll yourself? Do you have a mind that's, that's, that's right there? Hey, I'm, I can sing. I can talk. I can breathe. That's a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. God does miracles every day, and he can meet your need right now. The third simple fact that I know, I'm preaching a short sermon to you all. That's how simple this message is today. I'm trying to be like Eric and preach a 12-minute message. I know I've already went over 12, but preach a 12-minute and have everybody slain in the Holy Ghost. I tell him every time, I said, you know, you make me sick. He goes, what? I said, you get up and preach like 15 minutes, and you're more powerful than I am in an hour preaching. That's real simple today. The third thing is, it's not about you. The simple fact about faith that I've come to understand you don't have to know it all for Jesus to meet your needs. I'll tell you, as your pastor, I don't know it all. My wife does. I don't. I don't know it all. No, I'm just playing. She's giving me the look, y'all. Our kids know everything. I'm telling you. Let me, get out, let, me, let me get out of that hole I just dug and dig one with my kids. My kids are so smart, I'm about to call NASA and send them to NASA and say, y'all don't know what I got here. Everything I tell them, I know, Dad. I know, Dad. Anybody else ever? You have those kids at home too? Anybody else? We don't know it all and we don't have to know it all. Anybody have someone in your life that knows it all? Yeah? Anybody sitting next to that person right now? Okay. God can meet your need right now, right where you're at. You don't have to have any revelation of, of, of truth or any deep understanding of the Bible for God to meet you. There's no secret handshake. There's no dress code. There's no ritual. You don't have to know the details of your own problem. You don't even have to know the details of your own problem. Let me say that again. You don't have to know the details of your own problem. 
You just have to answer the question, do you want to be made whole? The paralyzed man had one important trait that many people lacked. He knew that he needed help. He knew that he needed help. And and sometimes, some of us, we don't even know that we need help. I'll tell you, I need help all the time. And my wife will agree with me on that. I wake up in the mornings and I need encouragement to get up out of bed. And usually it's, you're going to be late, get up out of bed. And if that don't work, it's usually a foot to the back or the leg or, you know, something. I'm just playing. She's not violent most days. Anyway, the, um, <laughs> she's not violent at all. We all need help. We all need help. But a lot of times our problem is, is we don't realize that we need help. We think that we can do it all on our own. Are you struggling in your finances right now? When you sit down and you look at your budget, what's the first thing that you put in your budget? What's the first thing that you're looking at? Let me tell you, if, if giving back to God what he's given you is not one of the first things in your budget, there's part of your problem. I'm not saying that to be a money grabber this morning. I'm just telling you, God's law and God's rule of giving. You give, he gives it back. He gives it to you so you can give it back. God has blessed you with everything. He says, I'm going to give it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I don't, I don't really, you know, I, like I said, I don't know everything. I don't know the, the pressed down and the shaken together, but I get the running over part. I like that part. God has called you to live in the overflow, not the overdraft. Let me say that again for those in the back. God called you to live in the overflow, not the overdraft. If you're struggling in your finances, probably one of the most areas that that you are not focusing on is your giving to God. Giving to missions, giving to the church. And and, and I'm telling you, when you give it here, it doesn't just stay here. You give it, it goes right back out. We're not not a, a reservoir just trying to take in as much money as we can and hoard up any money that we... That's not what we do. We are a river. When you throw it in, it's flowing to missionaries. It's flowing to Tupelo Children's Mansion. It's flowing to, to new beginnings. It's flowing to, 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 to buy cars for missionaries. It's flowing to buy washer and dryers for missionaries. It's flowing to help churches be started in other areas of our nation and around the world. It's going right back here into our city to help students at each of our schools. It's going and it's going and it's going. But if you're not giving, there's not going to be any going. And if you're struggling in your finances, that's where you need to start first, is you need to look at your giving to God. If you're struggling in your marriage, are you praying together? Are you fasting together? Somebody said the other day, they said, you know, having a prayerless life is just as bad as having a drunk life. You know, a sin is a sin. Somebody, somebody has asked me, they said, Pastor, what's the greatest sin that there is? I said, I don't know if there really is a greatest sin that there is. A hole is a hole. And if it rains, water's going to come through that hole. Whether it's pouring or it's dripping, water's going to come through. Sin is sin. And if you're not praying, you're not living right. If your marriage is struggling, start praying together. Start fasting together. Start communicating better. If your relationship with your kids is not working right or it's not going right, start praying for your kids. And if it's your kids' fault, keep praying for them. Slap them around. No, don't do that. (laughs) Most of us think that we can do it all on our own. 
But I'm telling you, we can't. We cannot do it on our own. We have to have God's help. The man knew that he needed help. But he was unable to help himself. He also hadn't been able to persuade anybody else to help him. You see, apparently the religious leaders were so quick to judge his failure to keep their Sabbath law had not been nearly as quick to obey God's law. You see, we're surrounded with so many supports and buffers that we may live without ever facing our inability to save ourselves. There's so many things in the world that says, if you're struggling with this, do this. If you're doing this, then do this. If you're hurting here, then do this. You know what? If you're struggling, find God. If you're depressed, find God. If you have anxiety, find God. If you're drunk, find God. If, you, if you've got addiction, find God. If your marriage is struggling, find God. All roads lead to God. All roads lead to the cross. All roads lead to heaven. When you get in a relationship with Christ... And you get these three simple facts about faith. I'm telling you, you are going to go places that you never dreamed that you could go. When you live with a bottom feeder mentality, you're going to live a bottom feeder life. But when you start living with a royal uh, a, a mind and a mentality, you're going to start living a life of royalty. You are God's child. You are an heir to the throne. Your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I think you own at least one of them. Our father owns all the riches that there are. We don't store our earthly riches here. We don't store riches here on earth. Our riches are in heaven. One of my, one of my friends has been nominated for Grammy several years in a row. And any time that they introduce him, they'll say, Grammy, uh, Grammy nominated artist, Grammy artist, Grammy this, Grammy. And I said, dude, you can have all your Grammys, but my crowns are in heaven. He's got some crowns in heaven too. But I tell you what, if you get your mind on earthly things, you're going to suffer for earthly things. But when you get your mind on heavenly things and you let the faith build up in your life. Listen, Jesus didn't choose the ones who were pushing forward. He went directly to the person who had almost given up hope. And if you're at that point today and you have about given up hope on life, you've given up hope on God, you've given up hope on your family, let me tell you, I serve a God that sees right where you're at. And if you're willing to let Him make a change, He will make a change in your life. God went to the desperate person who had almost given up hope. The paralyzed man had reached the end of his rope and was ready to respond. And so I'm asking you today, if you're in this spot and you are needing faith today, if you're needing a, not a face lift, but a faith lift, some of y'all are saying, I, I need a face lift. No, you need a faith lift. In this house, there's an opportunity for that today. If you need God to answer a call that you have been putting out there, there is opportunity for that today in this house. If you want to be made whole, I'm opening this altar to you today. And I'm going to ask you to come and allow God to begin to work in your life. And allow God to speak into your life. This altar is open today. And if you want that faith built up in your life, just come to this altar and say, God, I need to see your face. God, I need, I need hope in my life today. I need joy in my life today. I need peace in my life today. Whatever you're searching for, I have a God that is going to answer your 
call and will see your need and he will answer your need today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.